I'm excited for us to to be in this series this summer called Rooted, uh, Faith Ancestors, Their Stories and Ours, uh, looking at the the people who have come and gone before us in our faith lives, whether that's people personally in our faith lives, people that we know, have known, uh, have been part of our biological families, or um, more generally our faith ancestors uh, in our traditions or in Christianity in general. And so uh, I want to say, uh, I told Aurelia this morning before we got started, I said, I don't know if this actually makes any sense, this sermon. Um, and that's a problem that I tend to have is that I have an idea that makes sense in my head and I get it all out and I go, I don't know if that connects at all. And so I hope that it does very much so. Uh, and, and that um, if there is uh, some disconnect there that through the questions that, that you'll have later on, um, that, that you'll see those through lines and be able to um, feel connected to, to what's going on here. So, I want to say that I'm pretty comfortable calling 2020 the pandemic year. Uh, I know that in so many ways it's not over yet. Uh, many people's lives are still daily impacted by it, either because of loss of a loved one or loss of a job, of a home, because of loss of a job, or loss of sense of self because of the changes that happened. A lot of things have happened to a lot of people. So when I say the pandemic year, I don't mean that it's not over or not still having an impact, not at all. What I mean is that it was a year of resetting for many. It was the year that COVID-19, the COVID-19 pandemic came into our lives and had some of the biggest effects. One of the things that happened during the pandemic year in our family is that we started watching baseball. I've been interested in the spirit of baseball for a very long time. Feel the Dreams is one of my all-time favorite movies, and the book that it's based on, Shoeless Joe, is, is in my top 10 books of all time. It's phenomenal. Uh, I've just never really been into sports in general. Uh, I've loved the stories that sports produce. Uh, I love a good underdog story, a comeback story, uh, uh, heroes and villains. You know, that this team is the hero, the best team, the good team. This team is the bad team, the Yankees. And, and so, but I've just never, for most of my life, cared to like sit and watch sports as they're happening, as they're being played. Except that to me, like I said, baseball always seemed to have a spirit to it that other sports didn't. I don't know if it's because uh, part of the point isn't just um, crashing bodies into each other. Uh, that never really appealed to me. But in the book, Shoeless Joe, uh, Kinsella, who is the author that the last name, whose last name the character of the book bears, but uh, the author Kinsella writes this rousing speech about how important baseball is that one of the characters gives. Um, and for, for whatever reason, in the late spring and early summer of 2020, I decided to turn on a game and watch it. I, I've, I've loved going to live baseball games for a long time, like going and being in a stadium, being around the people um, and, and enjoying that. Um, I've encountered that spirit of baseball there uh, over and over and over again through the years. Uh, and so I figured I could probably catch some of that, um, you know, over the airwaves watching one on TV. So I had a choice to make. If I was going to learn about baseball in a team, what team would it be? I landed on the St. Louis Cardinals for a couple of reasons. I like I like red, y'all. I just do. It's one of my two favorite colors. I know there's lots of teams uh, that have reds. Like there's a team that that's their name, different reasons. 
uh, but the Cardinals red is just something different to me, the way that it stands out and it's, uh, it's brightness is, is, uh, so wonderful to me. Uh, so, so there's that, uh, I had two professors in college that they were from Missouri and the St. Louis area and they were diehard St. Louis Cardinals fans. And so, so watching them, watching those professors watch the team win the 2011 world series was really fun and seeing how important that was to them and um how what that experience was like for them and their families and their baseball community and the last reason that that i had that i chose like hey i want to watch this team follow this team is that i remember this random small piece of information that uh, and and you know my mom is at one of these watch parties maybe or or might be in the chat and can potentially correct me here but i think it's her father's father or uh, her her grandfather um played baseball for the farm league for uh, for the st louis browns you know way way back in the day now the cardinals are not a direct descendant of the browns the browns uh, the owner sold the team, they left town, they moved on, and the cards were, were just a whole new team. Uh, but it was enough for me, you know, and the rest is history. We're a cards family now. Uh, we, we went to our first uh, Cardinals game in Arlington just this last weekend. We had a, we had a blast. And, and so that's our team. We love them. Now, something that I know to be true is that we've all made decisions in our lives based on a lot less um you know for a team we love a thing we enjoy something that we do or participate in it doesn't always take a lot for a sliver of a family connection to to something to cause um to cause us to get closer to it or to want to step away from it we don't always get to decide what those family connections look like do we they can inspire us or kind of make us sick uh, they can be the reason we become who we are because of the examples we saw set or didn't see. In this space at Peace of Christ, many of us are still grappling with the ancestors of our faith. I don't necessarily mean our grandparents or parents and so on and, and back. Uh, that is true for some of us. Um, for many of us, though, it's, it's the old white man of our Christian heritage. I certainly struggle with this. Uh, in, in my family, I was given wonderful models of faith from my mother, my father, and, um, and a grandfather, just to name a few. But it's when I look and think about people like Thomas Helwes, uh, Ulrich Zwingli, who were um, early leaders and, and founders of the Baptist movement, the Anabaptist movement. Uh, when I think about John Calvin, Charles Spurgeon, I wonder how the hell did we all get to this point? In the reading from Ruth, we get what is arguably one of the juiciest scenes of the story. She uncovers not his feet, but his thighs. Come on. A lot of modern scholarly work tells us that Ruth and Boaz had sex here. Uh, that this wasn't clean and chaste, although that's an important factor uh, in the purity culture telling of that story. The, the thing that's important here, though, is to un why it's important to understand that, though, um, is that we can't look away from the fact that Naomi, quite frankly, Ruth's mother-in-law, seems to be grooming her here. Grooming her for their good, maybe. So she was preparing her every step of the way. Ruth is the carrot and their well-being is the stick. So I, I, I wonder, how would Jesus have been told this story? As a young Jewish boy, he's being told the story, the history of their faith. 
Ruth is listed in the lineage of Jesus from Nazareth, as told in the opening of the Gospel of Matthew, as is Rahab, who was a sex worker. Two of the four women named in the line of Jesus, one is a sex worker and the other is, by some accounts, someone who was sexually trafficked. The Ancestry.com of Jesus isn't exactly a pretty story at first glance for a number of other reasons. However, both of these women had their own strengths and stories outside of what we know happened to them and what we happen to know them for. There's a hope that Jesus has given this image of these women who helped inspire his time on earth as an agent of change who took the side of the oppressed, the marginalized, and sex workers time and again. I don't know the faith ancestors of everyone watching this morning. I know we have people who come from Catholic backgrounds, from mainline Protestants, from evangelicals, some extreme cult-like communities. Those ancestors include a line of popes whose contributions to history may include more harm than not. Men like Martin Luther, John Wesley, Joseph Smith, Billy Graham, and so many others. What have they given us and what have they wrought? It's easy to look at all the hurt they gave and make sure it's known and understood to cast stones. I've done plenty of that. It gets more complicated when we work to see our faith ancestors as whole people. People who may have believed what they were doing, that they were doing the right and good things as asked by God. Now, to be sure, there are plenty of bad actors who uh, knew what they were doing as they were doing it, that it was wrong and bad. That's not who I'm talking about. This is about the men and women who I know I haven't named uh, as many women as bad actors here, though they exist. They are not the overwhelming majority uh, who um, who have taken some of these actions that, that we're now grappling with. But there are men and women who believe in the tenets of faith that we believe in, love, hope, justice, equity, and equality. But because of the location and geography and history, may not have made the same choices we would have to carry those things out. So what does it look like to reconcile your shared faith with theirs? As with many things, I don't have an answer, just that I'm trying and that I hope you will be too. I'm continually thankful for and inspired by this community precisely because we are unafraid of those things. Being honest about where we've come from individually and as a whole. People ask me what affiliation piece of Christ uh, Community Church has, and I sometimes begrudgingly tell them that we're technically Baptist because of our two affiliations to the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship and the Alliance of Baptists, uh, but we're not those kinds of Baptists. We come from them, though. From a group of Christians who felt it was theologically important enough to own another person, that they had to do their own thing. Thankfully, we're, we're a ways away from that, but it's still part of our faith ancestry. We're unafraid of admitting that and other things from other traditions because we're able to say, those may be our ancestors, but that is not who we are. 